Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. After the Civil War and the abolishing of slavery in the United States, a lot of former slaves, a true story, a lot of former slaves had a hard time believing they were free. For a while, some were made to believe by their former owners that the whole thing was not true. And because of their confusion, many of them continued to live in slavery, even though they were completely free. And some of them were treated even more harshly by their owners than they were treated prior to receiving their freedom. True story. Well, of course, I read this and I thought to myself, you know, many Christians, honestly, are you listening? Many Christians are confused in the same area. They have been emancipated, if you will, because Jesus died on the cross and has given them the emancipation proclamation. But the old nature and the old master tells them that they're still slaves to a legal religious relationship with God. And they have doubts that God's grace is really sufficient. And so they throw in a few good works just to be on the safe side. And what they don't realize is trying to be on the safe side, listen, trying to be on the safe side can put you on the wrong side because you can mix God's grace with works. Trying to be on the safe side can put you on the wrong side because you start to mix grace and works. And this is what Paul has been laboring over in the book of Galatians. Now, I have given you the outline. Each time we've gathered together, I will give it to you again. Here's the outline for the book of Galatians, very, very simple. Chapters 1 and 2, in the event that you have missed it, chapters 1 and 2, Paul describes his personal experience with the grace of God. And then in chapters 3 and 4, Paul describes his doctrinal or doctrine in regards to the grace of God. And then finally, the section that we're in today in chapters 5 and 6, Paul describes the practical application of the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, here we have the book of Galatians outlined for us very simply, very nicely. Chapters 1 and 2, Paul describes his personal experience with God's grace. 3 and 4, Paul describes his doctrine or the doctrinal position in regards to the grace of God. And then chapters 5 and 6, Paul describes the practical application of of God's grace to our lives. For the set last several weeks, we have been in that very doctrinal section. If you've been with us, you know that. This morning, we move from the doctrinal to the practical. 
as Paul begins to wrap it up and he solidifies his point to these Galatian Christians. Be that as it may, Galatians chapter 5, saints, we pick up in verse 1. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, Paul says, by which Christ has made us free. You need to underline that. That's, that's, that's a memory verse. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. This verse is so key. It is so pivotal. Solidifying into what Paul has been saying in all of these chapters. I'm going to read it again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us, what saints? Free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I, indeed, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, are you listening? Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by what saints? Faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, profits anyone, anything, but faith working through love. We have to stop right there and give me your attention. Keep in mind the reason that Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians, because remember I told you he is fighting for grace and fighting against legalism. As the Judaizers were telling the Galatian Christians that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised and keep the laws of Moses. So these Judaizers were leading believers away from sola gratia. What's that? That's Latin for grace alone. They were leading them away from grace alone, and they were adding to the grace of God, and thus leading the Galatian Christians away from freedom in Christ. And so Paul begins, look at it again in verse 1 of chapter 5, Paul begins with stand fast therefore. Now Calvary Chapel people, help me out. When you see, help me out, help me out. When you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's? Very good. That's like a teacher in an elementary school. Very good, children. When you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's there for. And this word therefore is referring back to all that Paul has said in chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. As Paul has laid down... Um, doctrinal position on the grace of God. And he talked about his personal experience there in chapters 1 and 2 as it relates to the grace of God. And now here in chapters 5 and 6, 
Paul gets to the practical or to the application. Paul says, stand fast in verse 1 in the liberty where Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If you are taking notes, you write this down. The word stand fast means to stand against continually. Now notice Paul isn't talking about, listen to me close. Paul isn't talking about standing against sin, although we should. Paul is not talking about standing against the carnal nature, although we should. Paul is talking about, here, saints, we got to remember to keep the context. Context is very important. If you, listen to me close, if you do not interpret the Bible within its context, that's when you get all kinds of weird interpretations. And that is why people will tell you that the Bible is open for interpretation and everybody reads it, everybody gets something different. Well, people say that. Has anybody ever said that to any of you? That you read the Bible, there's so many interpretations. Just two of y'all? Okay, fine. All right. Anybody ever said that to you? That the Bible is just open for interpretation? If you read the Bible, everybody gets whatever they want. The reason that everyone can get whatever they want if they read the Bible out of its context. When you read the Bible in its context, then you are forced to draw one interpretation. There are not many interpretations to the scriptures. There is one interpretation to the scriptures. But what happens is, I'm going to wait while y'all clap your hands. I'm going to wait. Thank you. There, you know, people approach the Bible like they do not approach their normal reading of a newspaper. People will pick up the newspaper and start with the first word and end, go consistently all the way through to the last word. And they understand what is being written based on the context that is written in. People open the Bible, on the other hand, and they just open up the scriptures and says, well, you know, I'll just read whatever, whatever the Lord just puts in my face. Mm. And then they try to get reverse osmosis, just... Just lay on the word and let it absorb into the brain. And then, oh, yes, oh, I know what it means. And they come up with some weird, wacko interpretation. You have to understand the scriptures within its context. And that's why every week I keep giving you the outline. That's why every week if you've been coming in this book of Galatians, I've been telling you the same thing every week. You're probably like, oh, my God, if he gives me that opening again, I'll shoot myself. Stick a poker in my eye, man. I keep hearing the same thing over and over. The Jewish people are being seduced by the Judaizers who are coming in, adding to the grace of God and saying that you must be circumcised. Keep the laws of Moses and you are really saved. You say that every single week. Well, I say that every single week because it's important to say that every single week. Because I'm giving you the context so that we can make sure that we stay on track as you lay the foundation of the context. Context, context, context is everything. So we have to understand here, Paul, in context, he's writing to these Galatian Christians who were going back to legalism. He's not talking about sin. And don't misunderstand me. We need to stand fast continually against sin. And there are plenty of scriptures in the Bible that talk about that. But this is not one of them. And we need to stand fast continually against our old nature. nature, And there are plenty of scriptures that talk about that. But 
this is not one of them. What Paul is talking about here is we need to stand fast against legalism. Stand fast against anyone who will tell you that if you keep the law or if you do any religious practice, that you will be right with God. Stand fast against that. Paul is saying and has been saying that Jesus died to set us free from performance-based religion. And Jesus shed his blood to put an end to the do's and don'ts. Jesus died to put an end to the pressure of trying to be good enough. Jesus died to put an end to religion. Did you know Jesus hates religion? And so do I. People are, well, I'm, you're a very religious person. No, I'm not. No, I'm somebody said that to me yesterday. And I said, no, 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 no. Hold, 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 hold on, partner. I'm not religious. I, I'm not religious. I'm not into religion. I'm into a relationship. I'm not religious. Jesus hates religion. Jesus didn't say follow a religion. He didn't say follow the Baptists, the Pentecostal, the Bapticostals, the Calvary Chapel. He didn't say follow any of that. He said follow me. And that's not a religion, my good people. That's a relationship with a person, with a person. And his name is Jesus. Jesus died to put an end to religion. He hates religion. You know, one scholar said this. I like this. He said, Jesus died to set us free from rocking chair religion. They're all working. They're working real hard and going nowhere. And there's a lot of movement, but zero progress. I like that. Jesus died to set us free so we could have life and that abundantly so we could make some progress. So Paul is being very strong here. You got to get the flavor, the feeling, the tapestry, the fabric. Here Paul is being very strong and very adamant as he says, stand fast. Don't be moved. Don't be swayed. Dig in and keep standing. Christ has set you free. So don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now listen, the yoke of bondage reminds me of what Peter said in Acts chapter 15, verse 10. Peter said this, Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Now a yoke was a controlling device that you put on an ox to make them go wherever you wanted them to go. The law was a yoke. Do you understand? And the law was a burden. Why? Why was the law a yoke? Why was the law a burden? Because of its intention. Huh. Because of its intention. The intent of the law or the purpose of the law was to show you you're a sinner and you need salvation. The law was never intended, and the purpose of the law was never to make you righteous before God. The law was like a speed limit sign to show you not that you're going too slow, but that you're going too fast. The law was like a mirror that showed you that you have dirt on your face and you need to clean up. You go look in a mirror, you see dirt on your face. You don't take the mirror off the wall and start scrubbing your face. Not unless you need medication. The law was like a thermometer. You put a thermometer in your mouth, 
so you can identify the fact that you have a fever or not. The law was intended to show you that you're a sinner, not to take away your sin. So the purpose of the law was to let man know of his condition. But the law was powerless to do anything about your condition. The law says do this and live. The law commands grace enables. Write that down. The law commands. Did you hear me? Grace does what? Enables. You got it. It enables you by the Holy Spirit to do what the law demands. You know, here's another way to say it. Someone said it like this. Let me put it to you this way. They said, do this and live, the law commands, but gives me neither feet nor hands. A better word the gospel brings. It bids me fly and gives me wings. You see, the law can enable. Grace enables. Paul says, stand fast in the liberty and don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Saints, listen, listen. There's only one yoke that Christians need to bear. Do we need to bear a yoke? Yes, we do. But there's only one. And that's the one that Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly at heart, lowly at heart. The only yoke that we as believers are to bear is a yoke from Jesus, which is easy, which is light. Can you say amen? So now in verses two through four, Paul deals with the main issue, saints. Listen, to circumcise or not circumcise, that is the question. Now, again, remember these false teachers were telling the Galatian Christians if they really wanted to be pleasing to God, they need to go through the ceremony of circumcision. You see, the Judaizers use circumcision as a badge for real Christianity, for true spirituality. If you were circumcised, then you were truly spiritual. Can you imagine? And how did these guys identify and prove that? They walk into a men's Bible study. Okay, all right, hold on, hold on. Stop that verse right there. I just have one question for you. Who in here is circumcised and truly spiritual? I want you to raise your hand, please. Some guy, guys looking around going, hmm. All right, drop them, prove it. That would be the only way. They were using circumcision as a sign, as a badge for true spirituality. Listen, before you're quick to judge, People do the same thing in church today. And it's just not circumcision. Now there is a, a, a different badge, if you will. Instead of circumcision, people are trying to wear the badge of true spirituality in their church attendance. Well, I go to church all the time. I'm truly spiritual. Some people speaking in tongues, if you speak in tongues. I know when I first became a Christian, and perhaps some of y'all can say amen to this, when I first became a Christian, I went to a church that taught that if you did not speak in tongues, you were not truly saved or born again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. That's a, that's a good number. And they taught that you, you know, you're not really, really saved. In this church, they, I, I, I got the feeling that they taught that you were saved, but you really weren't really entering into the deeper life club. Like, you know, you didn't have your rewards card. 
or something. I mean, you know, anybody, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't like you weren't a Christian, but you weren't as spiritual as I am because I speak in tongues and you do not. Listen, hear me. I believe that speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. I said a gift, one of many of the Holy Spirit, but not a gift that God gives to everyone. But I remember feeling like I had to speak in tongues when I was in this church. And, and if I didn't, I always felt less than them. And every Sunday, they all, every Sunday, I'll never forget this one lady. You know when they, you almost, I could almost clock it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I can almost clock it. I'll be like, okay, it's about 12, 15, uh, and go. <laughs> Lady would get up. I'm listening to her. I said, she's saying he's coming in on a Honda. I'm not... He's coming on a Honda. And if you say that fast enough, it sounds like tongues, doesn't it? She could have a on a Honda, he come on a Honda, he come on. I'm like, what in the world? And I always, <laughs> and I always felt less than. Because people who, who you know, spoke in tongues, they, they seem to be more spiritual. People use baptism as a sign of true spirituality. Listen, I don't care if you are baptized so many times that you start to grow gills. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you just got wet. You understand? Baptism does not make you a Christian. Speaking in tongues does not make you a Christian. It has nothing to do with true spirituality. It can't make you more holy. It can't make you more righteous. And it can't make you a real Christian. And neither can circumcision. Are you with me? And this is what Paul is saying. Paul says, listen, if you make circumcision a requirement for obtaining and maintaining or establishing or enhancing a right relationship with God, then danger will Robinson. You're in danger of forfeiting your benefits in Christ. And Christ will profit you nothing. How sad is that? Jesus died on the cross, poured out his blood, his life, his soul, his agony, his love. And it will all profit you nothing. You see, you can't have it both ways. When you embrace the law, go ahead and look at verse 3 and 4. When you embrace the law, you embrace the whole law. You have to keep the whole law in its entirety, perfectly, forever, and that's a heavy burden. Paul says, with this you have become estranged from Christ, and you have fallen from grace in verse 4. Now listen, saints, I've got questions. Let me have your attention. I have questions about this verse every service, and we don't have time to go into it today. But many people will look at a verse like this. Many people who believe that you can lose your salvation will go to a verse like this and say, see, Paul's talking about falling from grace. Again, context, 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 context. Paul is not talking about salvation. He's not talking about whether you can keep your salvation or lose your salvation. That's not the topic. That's not the point in the book. The point of the book is talking about legalism. 
And again, if you put it in that context, well, what Paul is saying here is that you have fallen from grace. In other words, you, you cannot have it both ways. If you're trying to look to circumcision to make you righteous, you can't have it both ways. If you're holding on to the law, then you let go of, of grace. And if you're holding on to grace, then you let go of the law. So to fall from grace means to fall into legalism. And to choose legalism is to let go of grace, as I said. For we, in verse 5, go ahead and look at it through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. In other words, those walking in the Spirit, they wait for righteousness by faith. They're not trying to earn it by performing good works. You can't be a legalist. Watch this. You can't be a legalist through the Spirit. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.